Hello and welcome to the Moon Underwater. I'm Kelly Daniels. I'm and, Steve Jones. And I'm here with Steve Jones, uh, new to the pod. And uh, we're here to talk about uh, all things pub-like today. Um, and the, the focus is the ultimate pub topic, and that is sports. So what do you think about sports, Steve? Uh, I'm sitting here in uh, Buffalo Bills gear. I left my Cubs hat out in the car. Um, it's, it's one of those things that I go back and forth between uh, being in love with a team, hating a team. But um, pretty much every season I've got, uh, it's something that I follow. Uh, I'm a fan of English football as well. Go Gunners. Um, and, you know, for parts of my adult life, I thought it was a stupid thing to do. Um, silly to follow sports and get, get caught up in it. And um, then the 2016 World Series happened, and I, I cried when the Cubs won the World Series. So that kind of brought me back in. Oh, boy. Uh, how about yourself? Oh, I hate sports. It's the worst. Um, <laughs> they are the worst. Uh, I do watch them. I watch NFL. I watch Major League Baseball. Um, I have uh, been uh, heartbroken and angry and elated at various times by certain teams. But I feel like now I'm a kind of an angry fan or former fan. And I'll watch with, uh, with a lot of interest. But I am um, like a jilted lover who uh, is interested in other people's relationships and hope yeah. they all break up. And uh, so I, I like sports, actually. I like watching them. I like them on at bars. Yeah. It gives uh, people something to look at. And um, so we're going to talk all kinds of uh, about sports and uh, including um, what George Orwell thinks about them. Um, who would have thought that George Orwell had a, a strong opinion about Very. sports, um, but I haven't even introduced, we haven't introduced ourselves. This is the first uh, podcast I've done in months, and uh, we're coming in with a new format and a new vibe, I suppose. And so, Steve Jones, I, uh, it's our first time podcasting together, so I Googled you, and I found out that you used to be the guitar player for the classic punk band, The Sex Pistols, and I thought that was pretty amazing. It's true. That you're still around yeah. and that you live in the Quad Cities. Lost the English accent. Well, you've been in the States for a while, yeah, I imagine. True. Or you're probably kind of incognito. Yes. So anyway, welcome. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, you can bring your punk rock uh, experiences into into this podcast. Absolutely. What else are you into? Oh, man. Uh, as of late running, um, you know, I had to, to kind of shake the, the old life, the old way of living. Yeah, uh, midlife punk band, you know. So you yeah, got to get healthy. Extend yourself, yeah. So been yeah, you, all those guys are on uh, in AA, right? The yeah. ones that make it. And here we are drinking beer yep. in the morning. <laughs> it is before noon, it, but it's work. <laughs> it it's is. Uh, it's a it's a podcast that takes place in a pub, and you know, taking one for the team here. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of travel for me. Um, so that's the other thing, big big in my life, and I know in yours. Um, big traveler. Uh, my wife is from Spain, and so we spent a lot of time in Europe and, and other places. I'd love to see the world. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's. There's still so many places to go and not enough time to do it. So that's that's my yep. mo usually during the summers. Um, other than that, I like to ski. So yep. I'll be uh, dreaming about that in the off season. Dreaming about it during the regular season. Um, but it's it's like the the other part of me is. You know the the diehard skier do anything for the cold and today it's snowing and i'm 
super excited. It's the first snow of the year, and some of our little teeny local places are going to open, so I'm, I'm pumped about that. Nice. So skiing is a sport, but it's not the kind of sport we're really talking about today because we don't really care who wins and loses. Uh, you can watch that stuff on the Olympics, but usually you want to do skiing more than watch it, yeah. I'd say. Um, and by the way, it is gorgeous out here. We're at the uh, Riverview Roadhouse, a little bar. We're the only ones in the place um, besides the bartender. And uh, we're sitting at a window overlooking the Mississippi River. Everything is gray and white. Uh, snow is coming down. There's a little town across the river. And uh, it's a nice time to do a podcast. It is. Yeah, we can see all the way to Illinois. We can, across borders. Um so cool. You're also, you're professionally a tech guy, yeah. right? Yep. So you know about that stuff. I do. Or maybe we'll talk about that at some point. <laughs> at I don't some know. Point, yeah, I'm a data guy. So, um, you know, the, there's, uh, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of nuances just saying tech, but I'm, I'm good enough leaving it at that for now. Sure. And that's all I know is tech, <laughs> non-tech. Um, I'm a, a lit nerd. I'm an English professor at a small college around here. And uh, so those are our, our uh, expertise or what, our day jobs. I love that you're just going to leave it at that. I'm a literary guy, I guess. Well, that's pretty much it. <laughs> How about um, Googling you? Google, yes. Uh, if you Google me, you'll probably come up with my website, which is, uh, so. prop, is uh, Pro Propaganda, Pro Daniels Propaganda. <laughs> Um, I don't know, man. I don't want to talk about the lit life too much right now. I'm, well, Understood. we're going to talk about George Orwell. Yes. Um, I'm going to build it up to where I have like a big book release or something, and then it'll be all self-promotion. Love but it. right now I've got absolutely nothing to promote and just a, a lot of sad stories since COVID. COVID, my publishing just fell off the, the cliff. And um, part of it I blame on COVID. Part of it's probably just, uh, or it's just me. And part of it is uh, changing... I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't want to get sucked into that right now, though. It's too sure. early in the in this uh, <laughs> podcast for for that topic. Um, but here we are, and um, first on the on the agenda is this uh, article by George Orwell called "The Sporting Life." I didn't even look at when it was written. Um, does it say on this? I don't see it. Isn't this the sporting spirit? Yeah, that's what I meant. The sporting spirit. <laughs> not the, I don't know where I got that. It sounded good. Maybe you yeah. considered that. It, it. It's funny because I Googled the sporting life and sporting spirit just comes up because the search. They knew. And as you know, you're being a tech guy. Yes. It's like magic, right? There's somebody magic. there that goes, he must mean that. Yes. And um, remember when those, that hearing with Mark Zuckerberg and the, like some senator thought that there were actual employees deciding what, like a an yeah. operator at a at a switchboard oh, yeah. from the telephone service in the 1930s or whatever. I mean this, click, yeah. and it shows you that. <laughs> yeah, and, and Zuckerberg's answer was like, uh, "That that's definitely not how that works." No, does not work that way. That was <laughs> embarrassing. Our our leaders definitely give themselves a lot of chances to embarrass themselves. Yeah. Um. But let's go back to George Orwell. Now, you know this, and, uh, but uh, in calling this podcast The Moon Underwater, that's a, a fictional, idyllic, idyllic or ideal pub that George Orwell wrote about in his day. And uh, it's really, it's a cool, it's a charming little article. And he doesn't let you know that it's like a fake pub. Um, and, uh, and so I kind of wanted to base this 
this podcast on that idea, but also I've just admired George Orwell for a number of reasons, which we can get into as time goes on. Um, but he, uh, I don't know, what he, he was a communist who kind of turned against global communism, mainly because he saw that Stalin was a monster. And uh, maybe that's the thing that I, I admire the most is the willingness or the bravery to buck your own people. Anybody can take a stand against the other team and then hurl insults at them. But how many people actually criticize their own team? And and we see that when people do that, there are not very many of them and they get really punished for it way more than, you know. So the fact that he did that, I think, uh, is commendable. And his take on sports is pretty interesting. I was curious what you thought about this this article. Yeah, so... What I see from him is um, sort of a, a very post-war take, right? I mean, this the article's written in November of 1945, which I was like, okay, wow. Like, the, the timing's perfect. Um, and, and he sees this as sort of an extension of how the war is continuing after in some ways, right? So I thought that... Um, I thought he was super pessimistic about a lot of a lot of what was there, um, and that in there's a number of ways that I think he's probably right, and some things that it was like okay, but it's not exactly you know it's not a hundred percent. So I, I want to get into some of those. Um, the big one for me was um, he was really worried about the rise of nationalism again. So yeah. in 1945, that makes sense, right? And so having, having the um, sort of this backdrop of uh, there's a visiting soccer team from the USSR going to England to play a series of matches against 1945 English football clubs, which um, one of which I follow, but a, a number of which uh, are hmm, sort of uh, pieced back together post-war, right? And, and what he's afraid of is that this that those matches are going to lead to this you know rise of nationalistic feelings and probably they did in its day but i think it would look a lot different now because those are played all the time yeah so he's really talking about nation against nation teams right. he's not talking about like going and playing football you get the feeling he also doesn't really like just the hyper competitiveness of sports right. in general i don't think he would have liked soccer hooliganism um, I, I doubt it was happening in those days. Maybe it was, but uh, he certainly wouldn't. And he probably, I don't know, if he were here looking at NFL and he would see the, <clears throat> I don't know, just guessing what <clears throat> what this guy of a different era would think today is, is kind of dumb, but it's fun. We could, we could do that. Um, I imagine he would see the obvious war metaphor of yeah. uh, the gridiron and then the defense against the offense and the firing bombs and, you know, right. that kind of thing. And then he would see the fans that are all like the Raiders fans with their like monster costumes yeah. ah, screaming. And <clears throat> I think he would probably be dismayed at that. But then also there's a silliness and campiness to it all that undercuts, I think, some of the... Yeah militaristic uh, stuff. And then there's the jumping into the, the Lambo leap that became every team does now right. where the, the, the wide receiver or whatever jumps into the crowd and there's a lot of love. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, he's talking about something really specific 
Um, but I still found it interesting. And I also found one line. I'm just going to jump toward the end. He said, well, let's, um, why don't we just, if we want to cause more ill will in the world, why don't we just uh, have an Arab team go against the Jewish team? Right. And I do think about that. Like, it, like I, I could see the, uh, the naive sort of peaceniks thinking, why don't we just have a Palestine against right. Israel soccer game? And then that would, you know, that'll just ease tensions. And um, I think that probably wouldn't really help much. And especially if one team clobbers the other. Right. I mean, it would just be. It makes things worse. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's the going back to, uh, you know, where stuff like that has happened, right? Tensions between two countries. Um, Honduras and El Salvador, 1969. Got it in my notes. The football war, where there was, like, tensions that were built up. And... All of a sudden, there's a there's a series of games for qualification of the World Cup, and there is uh, literally a war that breaks out between the two countries. Wow! And so good timing. You know, like it's it's th- those are one of the things I have written down. Like, yeah, he was. You know, this this is where he nailed it. Um, and you know, there's uh, it, it lasted. The war itself lasted a few days, um, and and it uh, casualties of several thousand people. Wow. So his <clears throat> his thesis is like his second sentence, and he he just says that sports are sport is an unfailing cause of ill will. <laughs> I love that. I like how he doesn't couch it. He doesn't no. kind of like um, Could you know, be. yeah, yeah. Yes. He's just like, hey, this, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I like and throughout the essay, it's uh, I think he nails a lot of things about the way humans are. They talk about how people complain about the game, about how the uh, re- refereeing was unfair or some team. And he says, as usual, everyone answers these questions according to his political predilections. Right. So, And in our world here in America, we're watching NFL or whatever. You watch a game and the, the it ends up with a incredibly important holding call that, you know, just changes the outcome. And it's so obvious if you're the team that got called holding on that it was just, they've been doing that all day. Right. But if you're on the other team, no, they had to call that. It was just a blatant holding. You're not allowed to hold. Who knows what would have happened if they wouldn't have held that guy. Probably would have sacked the quarterback or whatever. And um, so, yeah, I I just have a bunch of underlinings. Um, And then he talks about how, how sports are especially fo- or mimic warfare, he calls it. Yeah. Um, and he's talking about football, European football. Um, <clears throat> here's a line I, I liked. But the significant thing is not the behavior of the players, but the attitude of the spectators and behind, behind the spectators of the nations who work themselves into furies over these absurd contests and seriously believe, at any rate for short periods, that running, jumping... And kicking a ball are tests of national virtue. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, you know, I think um, some of what he's saying is it applies to sort of a national, you know, pride. Um, and he makes a couple connections where 
you know, uh, should there be a return team that went from England to the USSR, he hoped that they sent a second-rate team such that they would lose and not feel obliged to kick the other team in the shins for 90 minutes. And I kind of thought that was interesting from the national perspective, but then I also take it back to experiences in Spain. Um, You know, you have Madrid and Catalonia with Barcelona and and how that plays out on the field. Um, And there's been a couple times where... You know, they've, they've uh, had serious um, altercations on and off the field um, during a match that recently back in the 2000s where there was a, a player that was very good player for Barcelona that was bought by Madrid. Um, and there's just about riots at the match when they played together in Barcelona. These are, these are political tensions playing out on the field that uh, people feel really strongly about. And I think in a lot of ways more so than here like here you know you can uh i can go to a bears game and sit with a packer fan as much as i might not like that um in in madrid or barcelona you wouldn't go and wear an opposing jersey for one of those other teams but there's also other rivalries where you could and so it's i think it's interesting that some of them are are hot enough to where you can't do the thing you know where you're sitting with somebody else that you're friends with that's that's for the other team um but sometimes you can it just depends on on the context and everything else but it's uh and that's in spain that's sort of a you ask people from barcelona it is a national thing uh because you know they they need to be their own separate country right yeah here's some this is a i'm jumping off into a slightly different area of this talk but you mentioned Barcelona, and uh, the only time I've ever seen an NFL game was in Barcelona. Uh, this is in the 90s, and uh, the Olympics were recently in Barcelona, so they had a nice new stadium. And they wanted to use it for stuff, and NFL wanted to expand. As it does, it does these. Yes. So this was an exhibition game um, while I was backpacking through Europe. This is my first like trip outside the United States, beyond little forays into Mexico. Um, and uh, so I'm there and uh, hanging out at a youth hostel in Barcelona, going to the bars, hang out with, I met a bunch of Australian guys, of course, and we're like, hey, are you going to go to Gridiron? And, uh, and that was a bad accent, but... Um, that was all right. Yeah. <laughs> and at first I realized that, oh, people outside America called American football Gridiron, yeah. um, which is just so American and, and so <laughs> embarrassing. Really yeah. And one thing I think that Europeans and the world doesn't get about America, I don't think they understand how ironically we see our own culture, the over-the-topness of it all. Yeah. I think a lot of us buy into it, but a lot of us all get it. We, we're in on the joke. Anyway, that's Agreed. a different thing. So I'm with these Australian guys, and, we, and there's, I think it was really cheap to go to the game. And it was 49ers against the Steelers. Nice. Joe Montana didn't show up. He was the quarterback, but he was too good to be yeah, not flying out. Yeah, for this play game. And uh, so I go to the football game, and it was uh, the thing about a, an NFL game, there's a very little, 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 little bit of action and a lot of dudes standing around. There's a lot of waiting. Oh, God. Yeah. And, and so it was like that. And you don't cut to commercials while you're there live. So, you know, it's that. And then I go to the bar afterward with my Australian friends and we're just having a good time. And then this other Australian guy comes up, big old dude, like a, you know, 
rugby player type. And he's like, hey, is there any Yanks around here? I'm like, and I stupidly go, oh, I'm an American. <laughs> like, what do you think about that game? It was so, I'm like, yeah, it was kind of boring. And then the other Australian guys were like, talk, go step away from this guy. He basically wanted to fist fight me <laughs> over national pride that my American football was lamer. And uh. threw, he threw down the gauntlet by insulting my, my sport. And he expected me to stand up. And you agreed rather than... Oh, I totally yeah. agreed. I was like, I had no... It just was beyond me that... Um, and he was also probably outweighed me by 75 pounds. <laughs> and helps. And about eight <laughs> inches of, of height. And he was just a big guy who wanted to fight. Yeah. And um, anyway, that's my Barcelona story. And I still haven't gone to a live NFL game. Oh, wow. Which is weird. I'd rather go to a college football game for the, the tailgating. I like the college games a lot. But... Uh, uh, anyway, Barcelona had a, a famously a, a team for a while. Um, and so first it was World League of American Football when they changed the name to NFL Europe. They had the Barcelona Dragons. Um, they, you know, trying to set up what? shop and yeah, it was a summer league. Yeah, that yeah, probably I don't know three or four years. Um, but trying to trying to get some traction. The NFL is big in Germany um, and and in several other places around the world, which I've always kind of found weird but uh, Mexico you know if you're in northern Mexico and I've, I've spent a lot of time there um, asking the question of you know which soccer team they like usually will elicit actually I like the Cowboys yeah. or the Steelers are my team I'm like uh, wrong sport wow yeah, you know so uh, I, I do know a few NFL fans in in Spain which is going to lead me to my question for you here um, they're so into it they actually have a local group of them that have a fantasy football league in Spain, and they stay up until all hours of the night watching the games. That's dedication. It's way more dedicated than I would be, even for American football, which I like. Yeah. Do you participate in any fantasy sports? I don't. Uh, somebody signed me up once, and um, <laughs> he wanted to get me into it, and so he just put me in there, oh. and I didn't participate in the draft, and I and then my team was just a zombie team. All a lot of kickers. I get, I, I'm funny because I won a few games. Like for a little while, I was in first place for the first like three or four games just through real luck. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know how. I think yeah. it just went, there was a default kind of uh, drafting thing. The reason why I didn't do fantasy uh, sports is just because I didn't want another thing to take my time and interest. I, I do, when I get into something, I tend to kind of, I wouldn't say obsessive, but I really don't like to half-ass things. Yeah. And that makes me not want to jump on new projects because I, I know myself and I will spend just a lot amount of time. Yeah. Um, so I never have, but it seems fun. I mean... I get sucked in every couple of years and, and then I'll put together a team that despite spending a lot of time on it is terrible, like this year. Last year I was pretty good. This year and last year was the first time I did it in 10 years. And last year I was like, oh, I did all right. I'll do it again. This year I'm going, I've spent a lot of time on this to not be any good. So I, yeah. I'll, I'll lose interest in the next few years. Well, yeah, I think success is, it's, it's the playing the slot machine thing. Yes. You need a payout. Yes. After a certain amount of time or you'll just quit. Yeah. And if you're not getting payouts, then. So did we cover, is there anything else you wanted to say about Orwell's uh, the sporting spirit. Um, I just have some underlines that I liked. Um, 
I mentioned the thing about football matches between Jews and Arabs. Yeah. Um, and uh, here, here's something. I think that what he doesn't like about it is that it does kind of play into nationalism, like you said. And I, he also didn't like nationalism. Um, but here's a line, another line I like. There cannot be much doubt that the whole thing is bound up with the rise of nationalism. Yeah. That is with the lunatic modern habit of identifying oneself with large power units and seeing everything in terms of competitive prestige. So I feel like that applies pretty generally to sports, professional sports, and uh, as well as nationalism. But I don't know. What do you feel about how if the Bears win or lose, that somehow affects your standing in the world and then even more so like we being americans we're just sort of a little bit better than other people because we were born in this country rather than some other country is what to what how 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 legitimate is it to take pride in something that we have aligned ourselves with that are way bigger than us and that we're at best a tiny little cog in and probably more likely have are not have no real relationship to at all. Yeah. You know, the, I mean, the bears winning that's so far gone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm so used to that. Uh, but you know, I was more proud than anything when the Cubs won the world series. Cause I grew up knowing it was never going to happen. Right. And, and so it wasn't like I felt, that we were way better than everybody else. It was like, oh, my God, we got luckier than everybody else this year. Yeah. Um, or it was just a long time coming, and it was our turn. years. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, as we used to say, any team can have a bad century, right? <laughs> That's so, a good one. I've never heard that. That's so we, you know, to me, it's, there's a lot of that. The, I think there could be some good in nationalism in sports, like the rise of nationalism. And, um, I'm going to point to South Africa winning the Rugby World Cup, which they did this year as well. They beat New Zealand this nice. year. Nice. Um, and they, you know, there's there's a whole movie about it. Um, it's it's an interesting story about how everybody kind of got behind a team that uh, in a sport that not everybody played in a country that was rapidly changing. And I think something like that can really be neat to bring everybody together. They weren't trying to, you know, like put anybody else down. They weren't. They were trying to win the Rugby World Cup, um, and you know this is in the. I want to say this is a '91 or '93. Sorry for any rugby fans that know the answer to that. Um, <laughs> but it's. It was a. Um, it was an opportunity to bring everybody together, and they did it. Um, and it wasn't about you know we're better than everybody else, but it was like we can come together and do something. So. I think there's some positive no, aspects, yeah. and so I had I had like my counterpoints to some of the things that you know that we that came up, um, and the, that that's mine is well, it was kind of a unifying force, right? Yeah. Um, even in places, so to bring it back down to like the city level, yeah. um, even in Chicago and in 2000, sorry, White Sox fans, uh, five, six, or seven, I don't remember the year. I think five. Five. Okay, Bobby Jenks. Uh, the, the closer through 100 miles an hour. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, as Cubs fans, we were happy that, you know, look, there is a World Series title 
in Chicago, even if it's not ours. I remember the, um, was it Jose Guillen, the, the manager? Ozzie Guillen. Yeah. How, how could I miss that name? He would, when he, when he called out the closer, he would pat his stomach. It was like, call out the fat guy. Call out the fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. And only Ozzie could have yeah. been like that. Like, oh, just yeah. Just blowing through all kinds of sensitivity training manuals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he didn't care and they won. And so I think everybody, uh, oh, everybody yeah. found that uh, acceptable. Yep. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I kind of like that, um, you know, that there was, that you can bring people together. Now, not all Cubs fans are going to agree with that. Um, and, you know, I, I have a feeling that in Chicago, when the Cubs won the World Series, there was some, finally they can shut up about it from White Sox fans. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think that there's uh, a kind of a sense that your city or your teams kind of come together over. Um, and, and I mentioned I'm wearing a Bills shirt, so um, I, I am also a Bills fan. It's a long story. But when you have a t- when you have a city that's as small as that, it's like Green Bay, right? I mean, these are small places. Yeah. They have one thing. Yeah. There's no baseball. There's well, the, okay, the Bills have hockey. Uh, sorry to the Sabers. Um, but but the big thing in Buffalo is definitely the Bills. Um, and that can bring the city together. And the Bills brought a city together four years in a row in the early '90s and lost every single year in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But it it you know it's sort so of so close. It's so close. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I like the Bills. It, and like, I just kind of vaguely team. root for them. I I kind of like root for teams that haven't won in a while. Who's and then your it, team? Uh, in NFL. Yeah. I was a Raiders fan back before the the Brady cheating uh, episode. <laughs> Where the tuck rule, I don't know if you were watching football in yeah. those days. I watched that at a bar, and it just made me hate football. And then I became a, a hate watcher. Or I, didn't, I, I haven't paid attention <laughs> as much since then. Yeah. Um, and I, there's just a lot of team, a lot of games come down to pretty questionable, like, uh, pass interference calls. Oh. Like, the final drive is, he looked at you know, funny. is yeah. three is three uh, defensive holdings and a 50-yard pass interference call, and that's Horrible. how the team won the game. And you think, okay, maybe those were all legitimate calls. Maybe not. When you look at them in slow motion, it's kind of like, eh, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, I do feel like that's one of the flaws. NFL is a lot of fun to, to watch. I mean, the teams are basically wearing Power Rangers costumes. Totally. And it is so funny and so campy. <laughs> And uh, they, you know, these are incredible athletes are dressed up like children's superheroes. It's just funny as hell. The game can be very satisfying to watch. The slow grind of making it, you know, eight yards, yeah. 12, you know, you got to get that first down. Got to go for it on fourth down because there's not much time left. It's a fun game to watch. Um, but I feel like the officiating is too persnickety. Yeah. And there's too many penalty calls and the difference between holding and not holding and defensive holding and pass interference is all so fussy and you can't, yeah. it really comes down to, so I feel like that is the, that's the big flaw in the game. And the more sure. like, like in soccer, I just don't feel like, obviously there's some, some officiating going on and I'm sure like, you know, people flopping around pretending they're hurt when they're not and all that seems annoying, but it just doesn't feel like very many matches are, are won or lost because of some questionable call. I don't know. Does that, do you feel like that? I agree. Um, 
I okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a connection here, uh, and I don't remember the the ref's name. There was a there was a documentary about him um, from the NBA. Um, where who is betting? Yeah, yeah, he was betting, but he's also saying that there was like a narrative that that the NBA was driving about, you know, kind of hinting at who was going to win, but there was not a whole lot of proof to it. But oh. it it was one of those things that was like, okay, there, you know, there could have been internal memos that you know it was like, oh, you need to call more of this, and everybody understood who uh. was committing these offenses, and it feels a little like that with the NFL from time to time, where um, you know I. People say what they want about the Patriots, but I always feel like they were not getting calls for a very long time because, oh, Tom Brady cheated and they deflated the footballs, right? Yeah, yeah. And they just proved that they were better than everybody else by coming back that same year and winning the Super Bowl again. Yeah. So I just wonder if there's a little of that. I think they didn't like Belichick, who is – Yep. I mean, he was, like, stealing playbooks of other teams. I mean, he was, like, a pretty, like, do whatever you can to win. And probably everybody was doing that to some degree – I, I would believe that he might have amped it up a little and, and yeah. got the ire of the team. I do remember an NBA game where it was pretty clear that I think the Sacramento – what was the Sacramento team called? Like the Kings? The Kings. Yeah, the yeah. Kings. I was thinking the LA Kings is, is hockey. Yeah. So the Kings against the Lakers, and the Kings were about to win the championship – but one, if they lost that game, there would be one more game in L.A. Sure. And it was so obvious that the, the uh, refs were absolutely not going to let the Kings win this game. Right. They were calling a penalty. Every time they, like, moved, it was some kind of penalty yeah. on the King. I mean, it was just it was blatant and bizarre that nobody and, – and some sports writers wrote about it. But, you know, I guess in the end, everybody wanted that final – game in in LA and of course the Lakers won it when they're in their home turf and it uh it was pretty upsetting I thought just as a casual I was just watching it on you know bar tv or something I didn't care that much but I I finally started caring when I saw it happening I'm like this is bullshit can it happen does it happen in baseball I have an opinion but um I feel like the balls and strikes thing is can change a game Pretty dramatically, although those umps are are watched yeah. for that, and uh, so I don't know. Can it happen? I guess it can. It feels more often than not that what I think has happened over time is that the bigger the star, the more calls are going to go their yeah. person's way. So you know, Greg Checks Maddox out. was getting. Six inches out of the strike zone every single yes. pitch. Yeah. And it was like, oh, he was, he was training the, the ump. And like, well, okay, I guess you can call it that. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, like Albert Pujols in his mm-hmm. prime, anytime he was upset about a pitch, then he would get all the pitches in his way right. for the next two at bats. Right. Like, you know, you didn't. He, you know what I mean? It was but just it sort seems, of... It, to me, baseball seems fair in that sense, and it's obvious, yeah. right? So when, you, when you've got the box on the screen that says, this is exactly what happened, and yeah. you know, there's no getting around it, they could have an electronic strike zone, yeah. right? There's, it's obvious, and, and therefore, I think, less likely to happen. The reviews you can see, 
right? So when they yeah. get to challenge and it's like, oh, there's a close play. Um, and I, I tend to think that the baseball umps are pretty good about close yeah. calls and things that I'm like, there's no way that that he was out. And they look at it, you know, and they, they slow it down. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's, oh, you know what? By a split second, the ball beat the runner there. That's yeah. it, which is crazy. Yeah. I don't think that the other – well, in baseball, there's now, of course, the – we could probably have a whole other show on electronic strike zones. But um, way back when, Ben Zobrist on the Cubs was known as being a very nice guy. Um, at one point, he got called on a ball that I want to say was very outside, and he turned to the ump and said, that's why we want electronic strike zones, and he Woo. threw him out of the game for it. Yeah. Um, and he Talk, never got talking about my out. job, boy. Right. <laughs> and, and it was one of those like, but he was right, but it didn't matter. Yeah. Right? And so it's I baseball agree. has some of that that it would allow it to kind of go down that path of, of taking people out, which I also don't really like. Yeah, no. I like I the don't human either. element. Um, let me leap back backward a little bit we were talking about rebuttals to uh george orwell's yeah. r- worldview on this there's one story i wanted to kind of tell it was this uh about the i guess the c- civilizing uh, effects of sports okay. instead of warfare i guess <laughs> like um there was this uh documentary i watched when i was an undergrad taking an anthropology class um and this documentary would really be called colonialist and it would really i'm sure not be a, a cool thing um, but I remember watching it and it was presented as like a really lighthearted and and sweet and um, so it was a, a British ar- archaeologist or anthropologist yeah. in Papua New Guinea and they were studying these uh, uh, tribal people that mm. were pretty much you know Technology-wise, Stone Age technology, and they had they were very warlike kind of people, and they have these different tribes, and they they kind of live off the land, and then they go and raid each other's tribes, and they go in, and this is kind of how they redistribute stuff, but also it's the main way that procreation happened because yeah. that's the way they would go and they would steal women. Sounds pretty awful, yeah, but. Without that, you're basically having kids with your sister. Like yeah. that was the also only not good. Yeah, yeah. Two two bad things. Um, so they have this system that's been going on for thousands of years, I'm sure, where they have a, a certain amount of warfare. They're they're fighting with sticks and stuff. So it's not like massive, like thousands of people dying, but it yeah. was pretty bloody and pretty gnarly. So the uh, the British came in and colonized to some degree i don't know what kind of presence they had i don't know that stuff very well at all um but they were like you know telling oh this all this war stuff why don't you have they taught them how to play cricket sure so instead of like these war things they had they would have these cricket tournaments but they would change the local people change the game they changed the rules they made it more violent like, okay and so but not deadly but violent yeah and they would have these big cricket tournaments. And so if you're hosting the cricket tournament, all the tribes around come into your place and they bring kind of gifts and tributes. And they also leave a bunch of their women behind. That's, and then, okay. it, and then it's your turn. And then next year, 
it's the other team's yeah, turn. It's in and, our place. And so yeah. that was a new way to to basically get the gene pool spread out. And um, but the and the game was really like people would get injured, but nobody get would get killed and it was a big festival and sure. there was a lot of like they would do these elaborate dances that were their team's dance and it was presented as really cute and condescending it was very sure. and it's of course the British coming in and telling these people who have been around for thousands of years how they should be running their lives right and I'm sure the women that are being traded are still treated like you know yeah belongings but it's so I don't know but if if you if you just say is it better to go in and raid and then kill a bunch of people and a bunch of your people get killed and you steal some women or is it better to have this symbol symbolic warfare right anyway and and cricket being seen as like a gentleman's sport right yeah they're always kind of I don't, you ever been to a cricket match I have not no boy it's it's different slow right it's I mean baseball's slow yeah you know and and I went to a, I apparently I went to a really good one. A guy in his first year, so I was like, oh, a rookie hit over 100 runs. No, no, a first year, what I forget what it was. He, he batted uh, a century. Okay. Nice. I had, it went all day, though, and he was, like, at bat all day long. Wow. Know? One um, guy. Just one guy. batting. They have, a, they have a tea break in the middle of it, right? So there's, of like, course. A, because, of course, they're, they're all dressed to. up. So I, I just think that, you know, the, of, the, of the probably the context of being, like, well, we're this is so civilized. We'll show them how to do this, and it's a way better way to live than warring and whatever it was they were doing. Um, and, I, and I can imagine, you know, people looking down their noses at, uh, you know, the way that it's um, uh, that it's been made more violent and less civilized, and you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I'm fascinated by cricket in general. I have a friend who's really into it. Like watches the multi-day test matches uh, it's yeah they might have made, made it more interesting making it more violent yeah well I recently uh, heard that Noel from the Great British Baking Show which I watch every episode of oh, I'm gonna have to watch this I've never seen it it's pretty fun okay it's a contest of uh, anyway Noel is is the uh, the I the it crowd the IT crowd yeah. uh goth guy oh sure the, the tall yeah so he's like their comedian who's just kind of there but he used to be a cricket player he was like a spinner okay. a spinner pitcher or yeah, something yeah. like anyway the way he bowls yeah yeah that was his bo- yeah bowler a spinner yeah. bowler or something so well um anyway i just thought that was uh i i, I do feel like if it comes down to uh, symbolic warfare is better than warfare warfare, I guess I'd say. Yeah. And I'd also say that Cold War is better than Hot War. Like, For if sure. you're going to have to choose. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that they're all, that it's perfect or that it's great. But if you have to do something, there is some, there is some human aggression. And we have... We need that, outlets. I guess we yeah. do, yeah. Um, I mean, I, that, that was my big disagreement with the, the Orwell article was, like, there was... And, and he does. I don't think he's coming out and saying sports horrible, all of it, and whatever. He doesn't like it, what what it, what it makes people kind of do or or act in terms of you know nationalistic pride or whatever. Um, he's not terribly absolutist, I don't think, on a, on a lot of that stuff. And 
I think he that's liked the just good. playing, like you just show up for the pickup game, yeah. kicking the ball around. So he has another article. Um, I forget the name of the article off the top of my head, but an essay, memoir. But it, it was about his childhood in school. Okay. And he wasn't an athletic guy, and he got picked on, and he was made to play football and would just get bowled over by big guys and then yeah. they would make fun of him and sure so there's a personal thing that it explains he, some of the stuff that i'm reading here where he said that football soccer and boxing were the two most violent sports i was like did they play rugby in 1945 because that hmm, i mean yeah. that hits a lot harder than than soccer where I mean, you're, you're even allowed to have some sort of padding on on your shins to avoid you know getting kicked directly there yeah i we would not think of soccer as a unbelievably violent sport no nowadays at all um how about the thing about f- boxing was pretty funny though um let's see if i oh, can uh i, I know where were, you're going with this well the thing about how women are the worst yeah, women are the worst yeah <laughs> and and or having having a uh uh, you know, like a mixed race fight in front of a mixed crowd. That that would be bad because you'd split yeah. it down the you know the lines of the races that were in. I was like, I yeah. don't know if he'd write these things today, but well, uh, I think he's I, to me in in a way it does speak to today pretty well. That you, you know when you racialize a well, especially in those days, like there was sure like just rank racism yeah. was just the and then you have. Yeah, every white person is going to root for the white guy. Every black person is going to root for the black guy. And there could be a race riot at the end, depending upon who wins. That's and, true. You and know. that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know about today being the same. Uh, I, I think of a number of fights like Mike Tyson. Oh, gosh, who was it? That The big big white heavyweight that he, that he knocked out in, what, 17 seconds, something like that, um, where I, you know, I think, I think a lot of that – People have at least gotten over, or if they haven't, uh, they're they're not vocal about it anymore. Yeah. Um, but I found it interesting. But yeah, women being the worst was the women in a boxing crowd. Here's the line: "But a boxing audience is always disgusting, and the behavior of the women, in particular, <laughs> is such that the army, I believe, does not allow them to attend its contests." Love that. That is really funny. Um, here's another good line. <laughs> um, just so I can get all my underlined lines in. Um, football, a game in which everyone gets hurt and every nation <laughs> has its own style of play, which seems unfair to foreigners, <laughs> is far worse. That's true, though. It like, is. it's the the way that you're supposed to play the game yeah. is the way that your country plays it. So Absolutely. there's the Spanish play with all this finesse and passing. Yeah. And then I guess the Brazilians will just kind of have a big huge bruiser guy that'll just knock you down yeah. and yeah, yeah you know and it's like hey <laughs> yeah it's it's one of those I, I i can think of the and even like the the nicknames and how they play um you know uh, germany's the machine right uh italians are famous yeah. for counterattack. um the spanish the tiki taka the beautiful game in brazil but yeah they always have one guy that's gigantic um and and kind of the the bruiser, uh, yeah. the enforcer, um, yeah. It's uh, do all teams have the same amount of pretending you're hurt to waste time, or is that 
Oh, I think there's it, more from some teams. Yeah. And certain players, for sure. I mean, yeah, yeah. Neymar was famous. There was the meme of him, like, rolling all over the world. Uh, because, <laughs> it, But in fairness, he was fouled all the time because he yeah. was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if so you're he, him... He's you, playing back. Like, yeah. yeah, like, well, you know, you're going to get a card for this because I'm going to be really hurt for 30 seconds. And... But, you know, the, those knocks, as they call them, add up towards the end of a yeah. game. It, and that sucks if you're him. But then don't be so good. Yeah. <laughs> so you're pro pretending you're hurt and rolling no, around on the really. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. But I also get it. Like sure. it's, um But the NBA said they were going to do something about it because they had similar kind of flopping. And what they did was, well, after the fact, we'll go back and, um, you know, we're going to review – the uh, you know anything that seemed a little odd in the moment, or if they even got touched, or if they got hit that hard, and guys got fined, um, and I I feel like it it reduced the amount that that happened. Though in fairness, I don't watch much NBA. Yeah, uh, these I days. saw something absolutely hilarious on a college football game the other day. Okay, it was a lineman after the whistle was blown. There's some pushing and shoving, and this big lineman gets pushed a little. And then he falls down, he backs up, trips over a guy that's on the ground, falls down, rolls over a bunch of times. And it was so, I mean, he was laughing at the whole thing himself. But, and he got the call. I think I saw it. It was really, it was very charming, actually. It was like you liked that guy because he was just. He uh, was hamming it up. Hammed it up beyond just trying to sell it. It was like, I'm going to show the world what. This is all about. It was great. Was it that was this funny. weekend? I think so. Okay, I, th- I don't remember the game, but I'm, you know, you they showed the it on replay a few times. Over it, you, you know, like you just sort of see a game is on and it's like you're zoned out. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's Thanksgiving weekend, so you know, there's games. I, I don't know. It seems like there's five days worth of football games uh, between um, college and NFL and everything else, and so. Um, it it was it was a game I think that was on Thanksgiving if I remember right. Um, yeah. But wait, yeah. would that have been a college game? It might yeah. have been a okay. Yeah. Col- but could have been pro. I then, think it was college. Okay. I just because I don't remember there, like some team you never think about, like right. you know whatever. Um, yeah. So, my son has uh, a thing about Ronaldo. He's uh, I guess their kid, his age group, sixth grade. Um just like like being a fan of Ronaldo is it's this extreme you know idolatry yeah and um, but also you have to kind of hate Messi because of it or something yeah and for sure like it's uh, <laughs> yeah. like that's yeah they were, the, they were the, the counteracting forces for he, so long he just watches clips of him all the time and he wants to get a jersey and you know and all that kind of stuff um, so he's getting into uh, soccer lately, okay. which is fun. I'm, I, I like him playing soccer more than baseball, even though I'm, I played baseball, didn't really play soccer. But I feel like soccer, anybody, any kids can just start kicking a ball around in yeah. a field. Whereas yep. baseball, you need all this gear and it's fussy. And it uh, also baseball, Little League baseball is so painful when a kid can't throw strikes and you're just watching oh. walk after walk after walk. And it's just like, okay, a bunch of kids running around kicking a ball. Okay. Maybe they can't, don't know how to do it well, but at least it's not like 
just to stop in the action. And nobody else gets to participate, right? Yeah. Except Everybody, for the, yeah, the pitcher and the catcher who's letting every ball go by because it's five feet outside and the kid yeah. can't get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is painful. So, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, the the whole, um, I, I, think, I think soccer, I played as a kid and I did not play well, but I really liked it. Um, it's interesting, uh, I think, you have somebody like Ronaldo where I think he could have played anything, right? He's like six feet tall and perfect athlete, probably would have been good at whatever. And grew up in the Azores, oddly enough, um, and moved to Lisbon when he was like, you know, uh, in his teens, parents he moved. He grew up where? In the Azores. Where is that? In the island chain in the, in the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was poor, right? Not really. Oh, I mean, okay. not like well, well off, but not really poor either but okay was um but parents moved to lisbon and i mean the rest as they say is history right i mean he's um he's playing in saudi arabia now he took the money right he took uh, like 200 million dollars and that seems to there. be a knock on his legacy just yeah. as little as i but it, whereas messi goes to miami yeah. for less money probably or certainly a lot less and also a lot less um competition but he's making american Major League Soccer more fun and uh, seems like he's having a great time and uh, building the brand. He's living in Miami. That's got to be fun. It seems. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He had he had been asked uh, before leaving. um, He was playing in Paris for PSG, and he'd been asked about you know you're going to go to Saudi Arabia. They're they were offering all this money, and his answer was, I've I've done I've made a move for the money before, and it was not the right move. The one that he was at. Yeah. <laughs> and, nice. And so the other thing, I mean, I think that Ronaldo probably still has time left to 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 play in the states if he wanted to play in the ML, in, in MLS. He speaks English, where Messi really doesn't. Hmm. Um, he uh, is recognizable, right? People know who he is. Um, but I think what Messi's doing long term is he's got the brand built, right? Yeah. And so that. Uh, the flip side of Ronaldo being able to play whatever sport is that Messi was only going to be good at one. He's really short. Yeah. Um, on a good day, I'm five eight, all stretched out with the right shoes on. Um, I'm taller on than on the he rack. Is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have the, to. Like, yeah. In the morning, I get up and <laughs> yeah, and and so so Messi doesn't like that was it. I mean, he moved to you know he moved to Barcelona. They picked him up for the youth academy. I think he was twelve, and he was not. Uh, you know, there, there are stories about what they had to do to get him to grow even to what he is now. I think he's about 5'6". So there was going to be one sport he was good at. Yeah. And, I mean, That's something great about right? soccer, though, is you don't have to be, you know, a, a physical type necessarily, except you need to be fast. and Sure. But a lot of that you can, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, guess I make the argument quick. about baseball. It's the same. Yeah, mostly because John Cruck played baseball. They're getting bigger, though. Baseball players are getting yeah. taller. Like pitchers, if you're not, Huge. like, well over six yeah. foot, now you're kind of not even a, a consideration for pitching. Crazy. And part of it is just the, the leverage you can get. Yeah. Um, and, but also it's harder to hit. The higher the ball come, slot the ball comes down at you, the harder it is to hit. So, um, and even shortstops, the name shortstop, I, I feel like that you'd put the short guy who is quick at that right. position. Shortstops are now like 6'4", 6'5". Yeah, trying um, to cut off any, you know, kind of low-line drives. I think it's just they want a big guy who can hit the ball out, yeah. and the bigger guys can, uh, 
s can uh, um, just hit the ball more because they have more leverage or whatever. I don't know. I mean, but yeah, baseball, you can still be, you could be, I mean, um, Altuve, of course, um, is a pretty small guy and he's one of the great, you know, stars of the game yeah. right now. There's this, uh, speaking of which, there was a pretty brutal, uh, wasn't a meme, but it was just a joke after the last uh, World Series, um, and not not World Series, but championship, American League championship, and um, Altuve had hit a home run. Um, and they just show him in the in the dugout, and he's got a he's got an iPad because, and he's like looking at whatever you know. Yeah. They, they check out the yeah yeah. And somebody said it look <laughs> it looks like he since he got. Since he did a good thing and hit that home run, they're giving him some screen time. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just noticeably smaller than all the other guys, yeah. and the iPad looks... Yeah. He's, he's, like, got his was, feet. They're, like, yeah. dangling in front of him. Totally. And yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. But, you see, you want to... I would, I would root for, for Altuve, because he's the small guy, of course. And, yeah. But he was also on the cheater team, and, and they... Yeah. He probably was one of the main cheaters, like... Really? I think there was a thing where he wouldn't let them tear his jersey off, um, and it was really uh, looked incriminating. Yeah, for sure. Like he had electronics underneath it or something, yeah. and uh, there is even some shots where you see like a little battery pack-looking uh, thing on his. Yeah, that's not a great look, is it? It isn't, and uh, that team was definitely uh, doing whatever they they could to win. Yeah. Um, Let's see. There was two other things on my little list. Okay. Did you? Is there something you really wanted to? I know you did all this prep and stuff. And no, I mean we've. I think we've talked about a, a lot of what I wanted to hit. I'm kind of uh, reviewing my list here. I've, I I made my my notes in bold. Um, let's see. I think I'm. I think I'm good. Okay. Well, I have two um, items. Um, one is just college. No, I have three. One is college versus NFL. I don't know if we need to go into that. I get that there's a preference one way or the other for different people and different ideas. Um, but probably more controversial, there's a writer named Steve Allman. Um, you know, he's like a medium famous literary writer guy, does a lot of nonfiction. Um, Can you define medium famous? <laughs> Sorry. How do I define yeah, it? Just, uh, I heard of him, and people who are okay. like creative writing professors have all heard of him. But I, probably I, think I might have heard of him, Steve Allman. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. If he it's doesn't the same have Steve any Allman. bestseller books or anything. Okay. I don't think. But he, uh, he, he's most famous for doing a podcast with Cheryl Strayed called "Dear Sugar." It's okay. an advice podcast, and Cheryl Strayed wrote that book "Wild," where she walks across. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that was made into a movie with, so. He's like three degrees away from a Hollywood movie. Okay, and that's so, pretty famous then. Yeah, I mean, it is. Famous is are, like, that's, okay. It is All pretty right. famous. Um, <laughs> so, but Steve Allman wrote, he was a big football fan. He was a Raiders fan, and he probably still is, but he wrote a book called Against Football. And it's pretty much the full-on, symbolically, it's, it's bad. It's also the, the concussions, and it's, it's like we're kind of sacrificing... The bodies of like essentially formerly poor black people who are now yeah. making millions, but they're like getting, you know, head injuries Destroyed. that are yeah. 
and we're just and then it starts in college. He has a whole thing about here's the part that I thought was really striking and interesting was how college the image of like like one of these days where the players have to come out and sort of like uh, audition almost for teams. Yeah. And they're looking at these like Southern powerhouse college programs. And it's this old fat white guy watching a bunch of beautiful specimens of black men. Yeah. And then they take their shirts off and measure them. And it looks, he just made the direct comparison to the, the, the plantation life. Absolutely. And, this, yeah. and it, once you read it, you can't unsee right. that. And yeah. uh, so he's just kind of, I, what I think about Steve Allman is that he wrote this book and he believes it. I still bet you he turns on the NFL sure. on Sunday. Every <laughs> Sunday, yeah. He's watching the Raiders. Now, he, he might not put the face paint on. No. But, you know, or the, or the Darth Vader helmet. Yeah. I love the Raiders stuff. But that is interesting. The Raiders have such a great, and I think they're really suited to Vegas. Yeah. Um, they've just been such a bad team for so long. I'm, I think uh, they maybe just the owner, the owner's son is... Oh. Yeah. With that do- doofus haircut he has. Love the haircut. It is just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> no, yeah. Like nobody or nobody has told him what it looks like. Yeah. He's just like, no, no I'm, I'm going. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm going back to him for the same cut. Yeah. 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 I, I would say. Um, but what about. So you have daughters, but, um, you know, like your kid wants to play football and uh, there's like certain amount of concussion. Kind man, of. as a kid, I desperately wanted to play American football. And it would, the answer was always no. Now, as it turns out from orthopedic uh, doctors that we, you know, my parents later knew, they were like, oh, football is the good one. You let them play soccer, they, way more injuries than that. Yeah. Well, at the time, it wasn't head injuries, right? Yeah. And, and I'm sure but it was there like are knee in injuries too, or something? Knees, yeah. yeah. Ankles, yeah. Um, things like that, uh, broken bones, broken arms. Um, and that football was not so bad uh, for those things because, you know, we wrap everybody up pretty much in bubble wrap. But then our surprise. don't when, play that much. Like, the, no. The actual yeah. moments of playing are pretty limited. Like, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And the clock runs a lot. Like, you know, yeah. it used to be that the clock would stop every time the ball went out in American football. And they don't do that anymore because, you know, Takes there's, you long. there's like commercials that need to be added for the reviews. And, yeah. uh, and so, but it does take too long, right? So games are going over. So there's, there's a number of things that have kind of changed. Um, but, yeah, I, in, in terms of... Uh, uh, you know, an argument against football, yeah. I Like I said, as a kid, I really wanted to play. Um, and it was like, there's no way. But it, it wasn't any concern for head injuries. That seems to be in the last, like, 15 years. And I, I played in ninth grade. You did? Yep. What would you play? Wide receiver. And how did that go? You played one year. I played one year. I was pretty – I was starting. Okay. I was a starter of a pretty bad team. I think we – lost more a lot more games than we won but you won uh, some games we won some games i caught a few passes Touchdowns? my best my no my best pass i ever caught um was there was a picture of it that some like you know little student photographer wow. got and it was this great shot i lost the picture um it was called back on a holding penalty but it was like a 35 yard catch, like, you know, caught it, like pulled That's it off crazy. the ground and like half out of bounds catching it while the defender was on the ground. Cause I'd 
juked him. And I was pretty fast. I wasn't big. I was skinny, average height. Yeah. Um, but I caught things and I was fast. And so I was good enough for ninth grade. Incidentally, that makes you a decent wide receiver that caught things and I'm fast. Yeah, That's, I yeah. couldn't. They put me at defensive back and I would just get run over. <laughs> and I, I would close my eyes before making the tackle and oh, then yeah. just fly by the guy was supposed like miss 100 <laughs> percent and uh they i remember during a game they just pulled me out of the game at, from defense and never put me back in like you're done there yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i wasn't uh, i wasn't durable enough i i um every time i got tackled i would end up with like a wrist injury oh yeah um i'm just small boned i like it doesn't like just really getting smacked i i'll yeah. get i'll get pretty beat up pretty easily how did did it take a while to learn like how to how to play like i can't because i can't picture i played just uh, uh schoolyard ball okay. like yeah, without pads yeah and i was good at that keeps I you was, from using your head to hit other people you not can't having pads. hit well <laughs> it was always just ta- uh, yeah. touch or if we played tackle it was kind of gentle tackle yeah, yeah, yeah. um and so i played that a lot and then i played uh on the team and okay. then they would make us do uh, wind sprints until we were literally vomiting. That's was, how you know you're getting a workout. Oh yeah. My <laughs> God, it was intense. I was fit, man. Ninth yeah. grade was the most fit I've ever been. Yeah. And, um, it was hard to learn how to catch the ball with those pads on and helmet. It is completely different. You can't like, see very well. You, you're, you can't feel it very well. And right? also now, you know, you got these big guys within in the NFL. They have super high tech gear. Yeah. They're, but like some little skinny ninth grade kid with just generic pads and uniform, like oh. in a helmet. Like it was a lot, lot harder. Yeah. Um, it was fun, though. I liked it. I didn't want to play in high school. I wasn't good enough. It was pretty clear that once we got with the bigger kids, it was kind of like just starting to go through puberty. Yeah. Um, but then by the time he got into like 10th grade and, and stuff, the, the guys that were good at it were just noticeably beefier and bigger than me. And yeah. I was just, uh, I didn't want to get hurt. And I was starting to smoke pot and stuff. And like, yeah, <laughs> and I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. yeah it doesn't help. Sports is. Yeah. You is, could have been a swimmer then. That's about like half yeah. the swim team that I was on in high they school. They were stoners? Yeah, total stoners. Nice. Um, and and uh, incidentally, one of those, one of those things that uh, I did my freshman year and not again after that, I was on the swim team and I was not, I was not a stoner. I was not fast in the water. I was like, I could do it, and I was okay. I could compete against the other freshmen. Yeah. But I looked up to like the the. I was on JV, and I looked up at the varsity team, and it was like there was a mile wide chasm between yeah. between me and them. Yeah. And I was uh, on a good day back then, five feet tall. So my nickname was Five Footer, um, and it was. And that uh, basically makes you a slower swimmer, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you want, I mean, tall, t- like, think about Michael Phelps, right? He pretty much has, like, paddles for hands yeah. and feet, right? And I was, I had really good form because I'd, I'd grown up swimming and I swam competitively as a kid. Um, but it was like, okay, well, this is where you get off this ride because, like, it's, you know, it's, it's not going further. So, yeah, interesting uh, sporting history, anyway. Uh, for, nice. for the things that we've all done. Nice. Hey, uh, I let me just uh, see if that worked. Oh, it didn't work. Aw. What? 
Oh, no, because I turned it down. Hold on. I want to use these like little contraptions I have on our recording yes. device. So here's to Steve Jones' swimming career. Yes. Finally, finally some, somebody actually watch and applaud for me. It's amazing. Yeah, I just have this little soundboard buttons, and that was pre-recorded in there. So I need to, I need to learn how to be like a DJ and start using uh, silly. I like that we have the board, though. It is, uh, it is like pretty funny. Soundboard. This is a cute little uh, piece yeah, of equipment. It's pretty great. Um, so I have one more uh, topic, okay. and uh, it is our... And we still have some beer left, so... We do. We have yeah. a little bit. We can also get another pitcher <laughs> if we want. Um, the uh, everybody's favorite quarterback to either love or love to hate, or people who don't like, don't like football to love, and that is uh, good old Colin Cap. Colin oh. Kaepernick. And, yeah, uh, I thought we were going with Tom Brady. Okay. No, I wanted to go to Kaepernick because I... I just thought it's more better chance for humor, I guess. Okay. I suppose. But, uh, I, well, really, I just want to talk about this uh, truck that drives around Leclerc here. Um, but uh, I'm just curious, are you... Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. Are you... No, I'm dying to know about the truck. Okay, the truck. Okay. Yeah. You're looking around the bar as I'm if... Like, it is. It is possible that the owner of the truck... I don't know who owns this truck, but it... Drives around Leclerc and parks in parking lots here, and it is a, you know, just a big pickup truck, and it has two uh, football jerseys hanging from the bumper and getting dragged, and like the bottom is all, oh. and one is Colin Kaepernick's, okay, and the other is I have no idea, somebody who has just somehow got on the wrong side. They have of, been wronged by that guy, they, whoever this, it is. This guy touched him in the wrong place. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, and then there's this like heartbreaking, like sign on the back of the truck about honor mm. and all about, and then I think there's also some big USA flags, like, like those. Sure. So it's that kind of thing, but I have never, the most passionate I've ever heard anybody about NFL around here, at least it's not their favorite team or their a great game or the Super Bowl or anything. It is hatred for really? for this one guy and i'm just curious if you you, you seem surprised by it. is it he just uh, kind of like you didn't give a shit one way or the other i imagine you know my take on him was he was trying to get into the nfl or trying to stay in the nfl for reasons other than he was any good at football yeah i mean he, he was, was okay he was really good for a while i mean he yeah. was the cover of sports illustrated once but then once he once he went off like you know, and peaked, and it, it reminds me of the backup quarterback that comes in. Nobody's prepared for him, and yeah. for like two games, they look like geniuses. Yeah, and then it's like oh, I heard that what is it what is is do. he would run to the right, okay, and he could throw super accurately if he ran to the right. So that everybody just and they all started yeah. like playing that <laughs> as his one game, Make and sure then he jam up that right hand side. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> kind of what they did, yeah. and uh, I, you know, so my take on that is. That I did. I mean, when it was all happening, I, I didn't really care, and I felt like he was making a lot of noise to try to get somebody to pick him up for, yeah, the like the reason of. So he well, was playing for YouTube fame. I think in so. A way, yeah. yeah, but when he was good, he was. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I remember him being pretty good. There was a, probably a half a season for the 49ers that that he looked good. Yeah. Um, but 
I didn't like once he was gone. It was like okay, well, that's it. You know, like we're yeah. And then and then we still heard from him. <laughs> he yeah, still yeah, yeah, yeah. he still was like no no I, I am yeah. gonna come back. I had tryouts with several teams and yeah. like okay I mean and on the one hand it's like you know screw him and shut up and go away. But on the other it's like well. You know, he's making a living still. He's, he didn't yeah. probably didn't make it on the on the pension with the with the NFL long enough. To, he got to a payout. Out. He did. Um, okay, they p- were pretty much colluding to not they they blackballed they didn't him. Want him. Yeah, yeah. And they blackballed him. Not he was he was good enough to be a backup quarterback somewhere for sure. I think. Okay. Um, I mean a backup quarterback. There's some. And, well, uh, I, we've had. I mean, I, as a as a Bears fan, we've had just bad quarterbacks, let alone backups. And yeah. right now is not one of those times. I just feel bad for the two guys that are actually playing in Chicago in that position because you're where quarterbacks go to die, even if you're yeah. straight out of college. Like, So is Justin Fields playing now? Is he, he is. injured? or is Yeah, he- no, he's back. Um, and there was a lot of, uh, you know, oh, Badgett looks amazing. They should go with him. And then after two games, it was like, oh, yeah. okay, this is what he's doing. Yeah. And, I think he's I think he's pretty decent. I really like Justin Fields. I like, you know, the attitude. I like the a lot of things about him. But, uh, it, yeah, a quarterback in Chicago. It, that's like Cleveland's where quarterbacks go to die. Like yeah. it's just not. Yeah. So, yeah, I, seeing seeing like how Badgen is now. Let me think about how Kaepernick compares, or compared anyway. Not because today. It's, Gonna be different, yeah. I mean, it's probably similar, right? Somebody not prepared to play him, team not prepared to play him. They would, uh, you'd be pretty confused until probably you know three quarters in at least. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's hap- that That's kind of what happened with the Bears. Um, but anyway, uh, the the whole Kaepernick thing. Uh, where is he now? We know. Mm, no, I haven't heard anything from him in yeah. a long time. Yeah, I think he got a payout for suing the NFL, and um, you know nobody will ever play him. And not, and you know many years have gone by now, so yeah. he's also What's older. Yeah, it's probably ten years. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, time goes fast, and uh, I don't know. I just thought it was a, an interesting thing, not in that he just did that. It just strikes me that okay, he decides to sit down and not. Um, you know, stand up for the national anthem. It seems like that would have been really easy to ignore. And yeah. had people ignored it, yeah, it would have gone away. It'd have been it would like, have meant okay, nothing. Do whatever. And yeah. instead, it, it you know enraged a lot of people and just made them. I'm never going to watch the NFL again. And I don't blah, think blah, it was blah, blah. even ten years. I think it's less. Yeah, but I can remember there was a game where the Bears were playing the Steelers. I see it was at Soldier Field, and the Steelers had a player who was a vet, and Villanueva, and he w- and he was like, "I'm not going to go out. For the ne- I I'm just simply not going to go out because I want everybody to stand. So we're not going to go. So the entire Steelers team didn't go out for the national anthem. Oh, my that, God. oh man, that was a huge <laughs> deal. And, and it's like now we're almost to the point where they're not showing it on TV because it's like, look, let's just yeah. not even like. Fine. Here's okay. I have to say I have. Speaking of zero, nationalistic pride, right? We're talking yeah, about well, that's national it. anthem. And the, well, here's yeah. the thing. What if the one thing I'd say that not the one thing, 
there's a lot of great things about America, but one great thing is that we're not, that is that we have the First Amendment. We yeah. have freedom of speech and we can criticize our own government. There's no gun to your head saying you got to stand up. Yeah, yeah, and there is, and yet it does feel like in this one thing, yeah. national anthem at sports yep. is totally compulsory patriotism, which sounds very Nazi-ish. To Can me. I say like in, I felt that, like I yeah. ran I ran in the turkey trot over the weekend. Yeah. Okay. And as I'm standing there, there was we had Miss Iowa sing the national anthem. Yeah. And we people are wearing stocking caps, but I'm like, all right, well you take your hat off. Yeah. And I was at first when they started singing, mildly annoyed that other people didn't take theirs off, and I yeah. was like, okay, wait, do I? I'm like, I'm gonna take mine off, but. I mean, I got, it didn't yeah, have yeah. a whole lot of cover or something, you know. I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to get cold. <laughs> but it took me through to the end of the song to like rationalize why you might not. But in also, the just cold. like eh, it's okay, right? Like if somebody right. wants to be, you know, they want to do it. And I think a lot of the people, if so, a lot of the people that that were wearing it, I don't think even thought about it. Yeah, like it just wasn't even a. No, thing. I don't think they were making a statement. No, probably. no, they just yeah, not in Iowa, right? Like we're, yeah. But but it was one of those like, we're we're there, and then some of the people, there was a handful that through the song were like, oh, and then you know, hats off. Sure, click. yeah. And I was like, oh yeah. So there's probably I'm not you know, thinking about it. Um, then you go to the River Bandits games. This is our our uh, single A, high A uh, minor league baseball. I like you qualified it. We are high A. High that's, A. That's right. It's a big difference. Yeah, it's, it a, it's a whole it's a step whole from low A. Yeah. Yeah. It's Why like zero A to A. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a better. Um, and, uh, but, you know, you you stand for the national anthem. You got yeah. to. If you don't, you're. I'm not that I would be the jerk who just sits yeah. there. Um, but then sometimes the person that sings it is so god awful oh, at singing, and it's just done, like yeah. it's somebody's daughter who donated a lot of money to the team, yeah. or, and or whatever. I don't know what it is, and they're hitting all the pitches wrong. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's a hard song to sing. It is, but it's also if there's anything that is like insulting to the <laughs> national, you know, kind of patriotism, maybe that. Not well, being able to sing. It's like and, when Roseanne did it. Yeah. However it was in the 90s. Yeah. That, that was a huge thing. That was like the shot across the bow for her. She's become more yeah. and more obnoxious Crazy? or whatever. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah but it, the baseball, you, I mean, you could not, I guess there would be people that would not stand. But then, are you going to stand for the seventh inning stretch? Like, yes. Do you have to get up for that? You like, don't have to, but you want to. Okay. See? So, you, like, it's it's the opportunity for the last beer. So, right? wait, it's but the uh, seventh inning stretch, take me out to the ball game. Mm. It's just a fun, silly a song that you, you get to sing along with. It's yeah. A, the national anthem has a heaviness to it that it's forced. Maybe you're just not feeling super patriotic at that moment. Okay. Like, it's not like, I don't know. Mm. Um I don't know. I, I feel like being in a liberal democracy where we have freedoms, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I guess social pressure is That's just the a regular part, right? old thing. Yeah. Like it, it, there's all kinds of social pressure we have for all kinds of things and we do them if, if we don't want to do them. So, no, I don't know. I didn't want to make this podcast. No, but it's interesting, a, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's interesting to think about cause I, you know, uh, it's one of those, I'll stand up for both of them. 
both the national anthem and seventh inning stretch. Um, and my favorite seven, seventh inning stretch that I have ever been a part of was probably 2015. 2015. Uh, took my older daughter, who was five at the time, to a Cubs game. And, you know, we had her, we, had, we stood up for the national anthem, and they sang it. She's like, okay, does the game start now? Yes. And then the seventh inning stretch came on, and she's like, is the game over? Right? <laughs> you start with a song, and you end with a song. And we were like, oh, do you want to go? She goes, yeah, but, you know, it's over, right? Yes, it's over. I mean, we, we only told her a couple of years ago. She doesn't, my, my kids don't sports, really. Uh, and so she was like, wait. So it was after seven innings. How many are there in a baseball game? Eleven? Like, no. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's nine. If yeah. they're, they're played correctly. There's, you know, you have a winner. She's like, huh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those you never know. Yeah. Well, the Chicago Cubs have, they used to have Harry Carey. Yeah. And I know Bill Murray would show up yeah, there now still and then. Does. And yeah. uh, so it could be a lot of fun. Okay. Well, that, that's all I, think I got. I I'm good. My, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we had a good good talk here. The first, yeah, uh, I think we solved first it. time out. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we solved the world's sports. problems with sports. Sports. Sports are a thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know what we'll do next time. I don't have my notebook here, but we'll f- pick something from the notebook of topics. And um, oh, so, yeah. yeah. I got a million things in my head. Awesome. <laughs> See you next time, <laughs> right, Steve Jones. Thank you. Keep on uh, punk rocking. Yes, thank you, Kelly Daniels. Yeah. Oh, let me push this button. I think it's this one there. Oh, I need to Is turn that the up. punk rock button? No, it's a uh, outro music. Here we go. What do you think? I was going for like 1930s, 1940s uh, music. And uh, uh, thanks to everybody. I'm yeah. sure uh, I don't know who it is that we need to thank except ourselves. We'll but, be sending uh, this one out. Anyway. Letting everybody know. Yep. All right. Take care, all.